This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome back to Swanscast. Uh, got a little bit of a new format today, quite exciting. We're using StreamYard, it's not what we normally use, so uh, we are adjusting to it, so bear with us. Uh, hopefully the production quality will start to go up i'm still playing around with things so i think over the next couple of weeks maybe we'll start to look a bit better but yeah we'll uh we'll get there at some point and lee's come back to join me today so welcome back lee hello hello good to be back had a busy couple of weeks with um your exams how did they go uh it was all right uh yeah just carnage has been manic in work for me and exams on the side so i've been just out of everything not even started christmas yet yeah, and now it starts for me. So uh, the Christmas diet has started as well, which is good. Christmas diet. I mean, I we just I don't know what you do at Christmas, but usually we just go out buy all, you know, all the like chocolate biscuits, all the crisps, all the crap that you eat. Yeah, we put it in like got like a utility room. We put it in there and forget about half of it. Or like we'll go in and now and again and grab something and eat it. But then after Christmas, we're just left with loads of stuff that we just didn't get through. Oh yeah. So so I've we've got like a desk in the sort of kitchen area it's like um well dining area more than the kitchen and i was just like all right we'll just put it all on there got like a tablecloth on there like christmasy one we just got it all on there so you walk past it all the time so hopefully by the time christmas is finished there'll be nothing left because the worst thing is like you're in january and you're like oh i'm gonna start eating a bit better now and you still got half your christmas food yeah, you still need, to get through you need to get rid of it don't you you yeah. try and get rid of it then start your diet yeah but, so I'm the start with like the opposite. We always buy loads of chocolate and stuff to put on like the kitchen table and stuff for just in case people come over. Um, yeah, well, yeah, and we exactly just end up eating it ourselves. So people can get stuck in because we did probably buy too much. Because I, I buy it and forget what we bought. And when I just pulled it all out, it was like it's quite a bit there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, that's good. I'm 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 ready for uh, lots of eating now. I'm in I'm in the zone. Yeah. Um have you done much this week then or just chilling this week uh what day are we today tuesday i think weekend i was in wrexham 
for a bit and Shrewsbury, which was nice. And then um, went to see Beauty and the Beast on the weekend in the theatre, which was good. So just proper yeah, kicking did, Christmas did, off. Didn't that conflict with the football that year? No, never. <laughs> I've got my I've got my sources. Got everywhere. your priorities right. Yeah, that was in the uh, night. That was it. Was in the night. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, did you? Uh, yeah. Well, had a bit of a normal week for me, just in work and all the rest of it. But did watch the F one on Sunday, oh, yeah. which was very dramatic. I I least. watched it for the first time. I never watch F one, but I did watch okay, it on Sunday as a neutral. So, because I'd imagine if you never watched it before, you'd be quite neutral to the sport. Yeah. Yeah. What was your immediate ra- reaction to the ending? Well, when I watched it, I all day I was saying to uh, to my partner, I was saying, I really don't like F1. I said, at the beginning now, Hamilton's taken over, and it's likely that it'll be that all the way through now. Nothing's going to change. And I was like, it's so boring. Look, see, I thought you shouldn't have bothered watching it. He's going to be this all the way through. And then right at the end, I was like, oh, actually, it was quite good because he took him over on the last lap. Not, and to be honest, I'll hold my hands up. I didn't realise what the like the controversy was like they were all saying then like oh it was it was dodgy and i thought oh that was really good they like they just had a lap they just had a like a sudden death lap essentially yeah but did you think it was like fair from what you saw what i saw yeah because i didn't understand the rules but then when obviously i was listening to it afterwards and they explained what happened then yeah i kind of i kind of understood that it was a bit dodgy can you imagine losing like the record breaking title like that i know yeah i basically Basically, um, obviously, he didn't change his tyres to the, obviously, Max Verstappen did. But a lot of people would be like, yeah, but he should have just gone in the pits. The problem is, if he goes in the pits, you'd think Max Verstappen wouldn't go in the pits because he would be ahead then. So Hamilton would have been behind under the safety car and potentially a couple of lapped cars in between them, okay, like there was with Max behind Lewis. and if you go by the rule book, which I guess Mercedes were using to make their decisions to not pit Hamilton, after they let the lapped cars unlap themselves, the race shouldn't yeah. have started until another lap afterwards, and then that would have meant the race was over. So if they'd done it to the book and, and they had pitted Hamilton, then he would have been second because they pitted him. That's why they didn't pit him, and then they didn't do it to the book, so it was a bit of uproar. And the fact that they said originally they weren't going to let them unlap, and then they were... Um, because I don't think Verstappen would have clawed the gap back no. in one lap if they didn't let them unlap. Essentially, the race director and F1, because it's been an exciting season, they ended the, um, you know, gone into the last race on the same points, which just doesn't happen. Like you were saying, it's quite boring. If it was one season to start watching F1 for it to not just be the car up front leading, it was this one. So uh, yeah. you should go back and rewind and watch some of the other races. Maybe you change your opinion. It's, but just, anyway. the, it's just the length of it I struggle with. It's just the length yeah. of some of well, the races. Well, some of them have been exciting and they go a lot quicker. Yeah, no, fair play. No, um, I, I I will say I've never been a massive fan. I, always, I yeah. will watch any sport, but F1's one I've always struggled to uh, to get into, but that wasn't too bad on Sunday. Yeah, well, he basically decided to turn it. He was like, oh, do you know what? Go all these new people watching like yourself because there's a lot of people in your boat. And rather than do the rules, he was just like, let's just have a last lap shootout because that's exciting for the TV. Um, yeah. But the, the problem was, as soon as that decision was made, he ultimately chose who was going to win because it was always going to be Verstappen on the new fresh tyres. Because yeah. the, the 40 lap old tyres, like he had no chance defending. But that's why it's a bit um, rough. But there we it's, are. Yeah. It's all happening it this week as well. Did it could be worse. The, uh... the champ- yeah, the Champions oh, League draw as well. Yeah, I don't know what's yeah. the bigger, what's well, the bigger fix. 
I'm sure, right? I've I know everyone says for years like the draws are fixed, but I don't know. You can almost call the draws sometimes. The FA Cup draws as well. I just think there's got to be um. I didn't method. see. Yeah, I didn't see the full thing. I don't really understand what's gone on to the fact that they've had to do the draw again. Like, what actually went wrong? I think it was someone might correct me on it, but I thought it was like um, there was one round where Man United should have been an option for someone, oh, they, they weren't it, put they, into they the pot. Yeah, so I, I can't remember where it was, but somebody was drawn out and then they should have had, I don't know, four or five options that they could have drawn and Man United should have been one of them, but they didn't put Man United in the pot. Oh. Well, so I, they've been saying, people have been saying for years that it's a bit dodgy, the draws, which, haven't they? Which I was thinking, Man United got PSG. I was like, I wonder if they obviously wanted Man U PSG, Ronaldo versus Messi yeah. um, for the last time, they potentially. Probably they probably did. Uh, and the Real Madrid are kicking off, and they because they say in their side of the draw is legit, and they shouldn't have been put back in the pot. And the thing is, you can't you can't do that because then you're like saying, "Oh, we shouldn't have PSG. You've already like lost your game, haven't you?" Yeah, but it's like as much as done, you know. It's it's the fact they fucked it up in the first place. So sorry, excuse the the language, <laughs> but they did. Um, no one's going to be happy now because if you had a better draw in the first time, then you're going to kick off. Ah, oh, well, only Chelsea because they got Lille twice, didn't they? That's mad. They're the same one yeah. twice. They're probably happy with that, I'd imagine. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, <clears throat> if anyone, yeah. So before we move on, I would just recommend to you, especially in the the next couple of months, maybe watch Drive to Survive, and then oh Netflix, yeah. you might uh, might see a bit more exciting action for F one, and maybe you'll decide to start watching some of it. But that's a it's a good way to sort of dip your toe in, yeah, if you like. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's actually get to what we're here for. Let's talk about the Swans, which we didn't obviously do a video last week, um, just around my work schedule. And you're, you were obviously revising for exams, so we just decided to skip a week, but we're back. Um, so before we get started, don't forget to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date to all of our latest videos and uh, content. Leave a like as well, because that helps more people find the channel, helps us grow. We're trying to hit 500, and when we do get there, we will be doing a giveaway, which is likely to be like a Swans kit, so, you know, we'll, we'll release details of how you can win that as soon as we reach the milestone. Um, and don't forget as well, you can also listen to us on Spotify and follow us on social media. We most use Twitter, but we've got Facebook and Instagram as well, so check us out on there, oh, and TikTok, which we need to try and put more stuff on to be fair so we'll try and be better with that um <clears throat> do think i missed anything out there but we'll move on so two games to discuss i don't think we're going to do a normal um like what we normally do is go through the game look at the key incidents and talk about them individually because i think the middlesbrough game was a, a little bit ago now and obviously the forest game i didn't actually get to watch it all in person um I've watched some of it and I've seen the highlights and recapped on what happened. Again, work just spoils everything. Now it's inaccessible to watch after games because of uh, the rules going back to, to normal, but I'll try my best. So I think a take from what happened in the two games, we will discuss some of the some of the stuff, but then there's some maybe bigger questions that we can get our teeth stuck into around what, what's going on at the moment and our form and stuff like that. Um, so we lost away to Middlesbrough 1-0. Um, however, maybe the performance was better than what the scoreline suggests. Going away to <clears throat> going away from, from home and losing 1-0, it's never awful. But what was a lot worse was losing at home to Nottingham Forest 4-1. Um, 
under previous manager Steve Cooper, which I think a lot of people will be uh, struggling to come to terms with, or at least were immediately after the game. And that puts us on a three-match run of where we, we've not um, won a game, so on a three-match losing streak. What's your immediate reaction then to both the games that uh, happened in the last two weeks? I just, I think I've said to you a couple of times this season that about us defensively and sometimes we're easy to play against and I think that it's been found out a little bit in the sense that there's so many teams now that come down to the stadium and they just sit back Um, and we're getting caught on the break and you've said it loads of times like we're so bad in the transition when we lose the ball yeah um and it's just it's just been highlighted massively in the last i'd say i'd go back further and i'd say you know the reading game um and the blackpool game well the reading and, game counts as the three in a row uh, of the defeats i've got yeah, it up here so, on the screen but i think the signs have been there for a long time i think since well we lost we lost against bournemouth didn't we just before the international break we got hammered and i think that that was sort of the start of it and it hasn't really been rectified in the last four or five games um yeah. but yeah that's that's the initial reaction anyway it's just we were worried about it before i just think defensively we look poor when teams come at us we just look all over the shop bournemouth sort of run riot um how redding scored three goals against us i'll never know um you know andy carroll was make was running the show for some you, reason. You can say that, but Forrest as well, I don't really understand how Forrest, they scored four, yeah, but Forrest obviously they're clinical. They, they get the opportunities and they take them, and that's kind of what every team is doing, setting up in the same way. They're sitting back, letting us have the ball. And we are making a lot more chances. I think it's important to point out that we were at the start of the season, arguably, perhaps being a little bit less clinical, although they're saying that we still scored, like, you know, five goals in the last four games, so it's not awful. It could be better, of course. We've made more chances to, that you know should be a few more goals, I think. But um, the attack was an issue at the start of the season. Is what I'm trying to say. I think that is better. But as a, like, it's kind of like as a result of us getting more confident up the top end of the pitch, kind of yeah. leaving the door open a little bit more at the back end of the pitch. Like you, yeah, I mentioned the transition. I think I've been mentioning that since the start of the season. Um, yeah. And it did. just hasn't really been fixed or or dealt with, I don't think. And the different... You can't keep the th- same three back uh, players, the three at the back. You can't keep the same three there all the time. Completely understand that. And you need to rotate. But at the same time, the other part of me is like, we're definitely more comfortable with a certain three than when we do make changes. And oh, th- yeah. there's definitely a problem there. But obviously you can't. You yeah. can't play every game with the same three. And that's going to cause issues of tiredness. I think we've seen that as well. I've mentioned when we've had three game weeks, the, the third's always an issue in regards to sloppy mistakes. So, um, yeah, it's a difficult one at the moment. Um, anything from maybe the Middlesbrough game first then that you'd like to point out or talk about? Let's have a look at the details here. Uh, the Borough game, the one thing that I can remember now, which is quite a tough bit of, bit of time ago, Um I don't think the Patterson penalty was a penalty. I still don't think it. I know some people. The keeper do, bringing but... him down. Yeah, I don't think it's a pen. Not for me. I mean, it's hard to see how much contact there was. I feel like he might have. We have we him. have had some awful decisions this year. No, no doubt about it. We should have had a few penalties, but that one, he's kind of going away from the keeper, and he just he puts his foot back into the keeper to make the contact. Yeah. 
That's what I think. But I would have taken the keepers it. Keepers' hands are there, though. Like the keepers. They are there, are there. But I think, like, if he just carries on running, because he's obviously taken an awful touch, isn't he? So I think to rectify it, he's like sort of just put his foot back in to get the penalty. Yeah. I just but get frustrated that I we can't even get a dodge that in. Because we should, we should be getting them with the luck that we've had this season. Yeah, we can't but even get one, one pen, no matter what happens. Like, yeah, can't even get a dodgy pen. That's like questionable. We can't get. We did. Even, you know, I just I don't know what to say. We did have that. one, didn't we? And the like, that we had a like a training game against Brentford, didn't we? Like seconds. Oh, that's, there we are. Seconds. that's the one we're having. That's the season, one though. penalty we've had this season. That was our. Bit did of they luck. score it? Yeah, they scored it. I think Walsh took it. Walsh took it. Yeah, I think it was. Walsh was Walsh. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but no. Apart apart from that, um, I'm seeing just more of the same, same there in the Middlesbrough game, like the Reading game. Just us having all the ball, and and getting caught out on the transition again. I'm. I think, you know, the the standout from the goal the Middlesbrough scored was, you know, Reese Williams's pace to get back in that hole. I think we've talked about the gap between the fullback and the and the wide centre backs. On the other side, you've got you know Led and Bennett in that gap where Bernard hasn't got the pace. And then it, on this occasion, it was the other side where um, Manning had gone forward and uh, Reese Williams got caught out in the gap there with his pace. Um, yeah, and it's just something that keeps happening. I think it's a problem. Um, it is a problem. It happened to, I believe it happened to Cabango in the Forest game once or twice. Um, it's happened to Ryan Bennett a couple of times this season. The, like, I was, it was Twitter... Uh, comment, I can't remember who it was by I think it might be Amy involved in the thread and they were talking about the defence and what's wrong with it and how to improve it and someone was saying that you can't, we can't improve it unless we chuck a load of money at it, we haven't got a load of money to chuck at it so we're going to have to change the way we play which I don't necessarily buy I think we do need a different type of defender in there though, I think we, we need kind of like a modern centre back Yeah, kind of like Gihi but like more than just one uh, where they can play with the ball they can yeah. run out with the ball and they got a bit of pace. That's literally what we need all across it's, the back three. It's a shame because if you look at defenders that we have had, like Guayhi and Rodon, I think would have been the perfect two there. They both bit, they both got a bit of pace and they both like to play with the ball of their feet. So I think those two in those wide positions would have been perfect. On the other hand, I think Cabango, Reese Williams and Bennett are the complete opposite of who should be playing there. Which is yeah. a shame, which is why we're having problems. And I just want to point out, it doesn't mean they're bad players either. No, no, they are good no. defenders. They just and the good defenders for us, they've been good defenders for Swansea, but it doesn't necessarily like suit their strengths to leave them so exposed so often. And if this is the way Russell Matt wants to play, and he's not, you know, it seems pretty much he's no compromise in the way he wants his game plan to work. He's gonna make everyone there fit the system. He's not going to make a system necessarily to fit the players. Um, I think that's quite obvious. And, and I'm not saying what's right or wrong. Um, but yeah, these these guys don't necessarily fit in the best. Um, yeah. And that's, I think, a big this, part of the problem. It's good that you brought that up now with the heat map. So I was thinking what you've essentially got, I said it on one of the other podcasts, I can't remember when it was, that because the fullbacks play so high up, and I mean literally probably the same height up the pitch as um well yeah look at that unled as Perot. so they're probably yeah. they're, they're basically up there so what you're asking is what you're asking is is essentially that your two center backs whether it's cabango and reese williams or bennett are sort of playing like right backs and left backs 
So you can see there, that's where they're sort of predominantly well, based. And they just Kabango heat back is uh, heat map is crazy. Like, yeah, look, he's essentially playing right back there, and Reese Williams is essentially playing left back. Does and um, then we're that's saying what's one of exposed. the midfielders is dropping in potentially, you know, not, not so much uh, as a center back. You'd imagine, and then when you look at Kyle Norton's heat map, he's kind of everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like it's quite. The system is designed to be fluid, isn't it? Like it's designed to be very fluid, very. You want you don't want the the opposition to know what's going on. I guess a little bit. They're always like there's a lot of movement. You're always looking where you're marking. Everyone can kind of go wherever they need to go and cover wherever they need to cover. Um, but when the guys don't necessarily have the quickest pace. Cabango, you know, when he's up the halfway line, or or Reese Williams when he's a bit further over, one ball over the top or in behind. Yeah, it's all you need sometimes. We're like if you just look at the killed with the ball Reece Williams the here in a dark red zone, we're seeing Randy Carroll again in behind against Redding. Yeah, even from that position, if he's got to turn and, and run back to, to to track back, you know, it's, it's it's quite far away from the goal. Maybe not Andy Carroll, but like. Someone else is a bit quick. Like imagine a Dan James getting yeah, exactly. behind there. Like he's 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 out on the field day. And actually, I think was it which goal? It might be one of the Forest goals. Maybe it was the Middlesbrough goal where um, the player's running in from the right and just just has a free uh, shot. Oh yeah, him. it was Forest. Yeah, I think yeah. Well, both to be they're both the same. To be honest, the Middlesbrough goal and the um, some of the Forest ones. Um, they're just getting in behind. It's just so like, and, but I think the signs have been there for a while. Like, like the Bournemouth game, for example, where we go away to teams that are a bit better than us, and we don't have all the ball. Where we're having constant pressure, we just seem to crumble. I just think defensively, we're a bit all over the place at the moment. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I will say about this game against Millsborough before maybe we touch more on Sheffield and uh, on Sheffield. What am I on about? <laughs> Forest. Forest. <laughs> Joe Perot, Mister Sitter. He missed basically an open goal, yeah. Which I let him off because he had a good season, yeah. Uh, but he's just hit it too hard on his left foot, and I think um, there's a ball that comes over, and the defender tries to get his head on it, but actually he plays the best through ball to Joe Peru with his head, and uh, he, the keeper's already come out to receive the ball, sort of thing. But then he's obviously backtracking, but Peru's running to the left of the goal, and he tries to finesse it in, and hits it over. It was literally an empty net, so that's a bit of a shame. Bit of a shame on that one, and obviously the Patterson chance that you've mentioned. If he takes a better first touch, he's one on one with a goalkeeper. Yep. No, I think so, you're right. Uh, we're creating the chances. It's just that we're not being very clinical at the moment, and then the defense is not there to save us. Yeah. And um, there was a, this game. Latavodia came on in the second half for the Forest game, and he missed a sitter as well. But I can't remember which one that was in. Just watched both the highlights to recap, and it's. it's Slipped my mind, but um, he finds the ball basically in a box and yeah, he doesn't score. But I think he should personally. But there we are looking at the stats from the, the Middlesbrough game. So, you know, up with what the theme of the season is really 68% of the possession. And this is what I mean when I'm saying our attack isn't necess necessarily an issue like it was at the start of the season, even though we didn't score 15 shots with five on target away from home. And they only had five with two on target, and they've had a one nil win. Um, yeah, one nil win. It's worth saying as well that like Chris Wilder actually said in his press conference that the better team lost. Maybe not in those words, but he basically said that 
which yeah, but this is... take from it what you will. But no, I know. But these are these are the stats that we're going to see um, similar in most games because we will have most of the ball. You're talking nearly seventy percent possession there, so you'd expect us to have more shots on target. Um, but the only concerning thing, like I said, is we're becoming so easy to play against where you can just sit in and let us have the ball and let us, you know, have fifteen shots. Um, and then and then we just seem to get caught out. You just got to say sit in, and we will leak a chance at some point, which yeah. uh, which we are doing. So I think... yeah, and I think that's highlighted you exactly what you're saying. Um... Because they're just sitting in and waiting for that one opportunity. So we had 15 shots and had two big chances, which we missed both of. And um, they they've sat back, basically waited, and you know they bide in their time, and they get three big chances. They missed two of them, but one of them went in, and that's the one that mattered. So yeah. Well, there's the there's the Middlesbrough game. Let's touch on Nottingham Forest then. Obviously, this is the big one because. Steve Cooper coming back to the Liberty or the Swansea.com stadium for the first time since he's left. And well, he's going away happy. <laughs> and and it asks the age old question, which you tweeted out something about this, didn't you? Whether well, you know, what people would uh, think of Cooper coming back, like yeah. what reception would he have? And it just got into a big debate about. Some people were like, yeah, you know, he did a good job. Some people were like, nah, he's not getting a good reception. I hate him, basically, is what they were what they were saying. Um what was the reception yeah. like? I, I I'll have to I have to ask. I mean it was a bit well, there wasn't anything really. It wasn't yeah, it wasn't anything to write home about. There wasn't really a reception at all. Which was probably the right way to go. But uh no, look, I mean, I never never, never dwell on it. Like, I know, like, a lot of the comments that we had were, you know, oh, we shouldn't even be thinking about previous managers. We should be back in the current coaching staff, whatever, which I do agree with. But as a football fan, you know, Gerard going back to Liverpool as Villa manager, how can you not talk about that? You know, Cooper was here for two years, two playoffs, comes back for his first game in the stadium. How can you not talk about it and what went on? You know, maybe by the second game, It'll be forgotten the next season. It'll be done. But, you you know, it's something that you do talk about as football fans um, when it's an occasion like this where it's his first game back. Um, I only got annoyed because I just thought he had a bit of a rough ride with our fans when he was here. We said it last season. I felt like we were sort of uh, backing him up a little bit, trying to defend him when people, you know, I've heard terrorist ball and, you know, is the worst, worst football they've ever had to watch ever. And I just thought it was a bit over the top. So in a way, I was just thinking the amount of times that people said last season, even when Cooper was in charge, was, oh, you know, I'd sacrifice this rubbish football um, and watching these games and not have the playoffs and not have the good results just to see us play football. Well, now that we've got that, which is exactly what happened on Saturday, was we had the possession football, but we got we hammered on the scoreboard. So you've got what you wanted, but now people are still saying, you know, I've seen Martin hasn't got a clue. I've seen players need to go and all this. So it's just, it's changed the narrative again now. So I just think it just looks a bit petty at the moment, isn't it? It's just everybody's changing their mind week in, week out. But we're going to have results like this all year as Martin tries to change the way that Cooper was playing last year. Um, so yep. I just think it's time for a bit of patience. So I just wanted to get that out there because that was really frustrating. Yeah, we got patience yeah. at the start and we had a bit of a good run. Everyone got a bit excited and we were quite, I think... Um... 
we did obviously mention, of course, we were to the playoffs a couple of times because hard not to, but I think we also were quite vocal on saying, you know, it's still early days, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. And Russell Martin's also been saying the same sort of things. Uh, he was talking after this game saying, you know, you asked me when we were getting close to the playoffs about that, and I was saying, you know, luck is a long way to go. I was fully expecting there to be results like this, where you have a phase where it you know, goes like yeah. a little bit bad again, although he was saying he's quite happy with the performance, he's just not happy with the results. Um, but, yeah. You can... Yeah, I just, I don't what I want to say as well, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't have Cooper back over Russell Martin either. I'd much prefer what Martin is trying to do. Um, but it's just going to take time. It's going to take ages, especially he said with the players that he's got, the type versus the type of players that he wants, especially in the back three that we've touched on. It's just going to take ages. We've had we've had some brilliant results. Um, that that time after the international break, you know, we beat Cardiff, we beat West Brom, and we had a few good results after that as well. And we beat Coventry away. And those sort of results has just been, you know, that was brilliant. And then I just think, like, obviously people can see then what he's trying to do and they sort of change the way that they play and he's got to adapt again. So I just think it's just going to be like this whole season. We'll have a run of three good results and we'll have a run of four bad results. And then it's just going to be like that all season. So I think people just need to strap in. Yeah. No, I think so as well. And it is. it was the per- I mean, it was always going to happen. I think it was written on paper. Everyone's moaning about Cooper's style of play. I think he does deserve credit for what he did to it. Doesn't matter if you enjoyed or not, he still was successful. Uh, that's the bottom line. I think he I, made a point I mean, in his. I think people are going to argue like, "Oh, he's not successful because he failed at the playoffs twice." It's like, yeah, but should we have got there? I mean, arguably no, especially the first time. And then the second time, it was another step. It was semi-final and then the final. Okay, that one-off football match, we lost it, and maybe it wasn't the best performance, but. We all know we didn't have a striker all season and we had managed to improve on the season before. So we knew there was issues that needed to be resolved. So like I think, yeah, I think his time was successful based on um he what made he had a, to work with. He made a comment in his interview as well, and he? he said something, um he was like, you know, we sold fifty million pounds with the players um that I had to work with or something he said along those lines. Um so yeah, and I think if there was ever a team with the stuff that we'd be mentioning when you say teams have got to sit in and and take their chances. That was basically us last year, wasn't it? You he literally sit did. in and, and yeah. take your chances when they come. And that was literally and, and what we did last and year. You running up the pitch and scoring yeah. on the that was on literally the counter, it. or yeah. like or, so. There was there or a, team a scruffy to, goal because one was from a set piece. There was ever a team to play against us. It was uh, it was a Cooper team. Yeah, they did exactly what we would do last season, where our fans would be like, "Oh well, we only had twenty five percent of the ball, but we managed to get a win." Scrappy went away from home or whatever, although I wouldn't say necessarily this was scrappy. I think we controlled the first half and then just fell apart, if you like. I guess as well, like, I understand people's frustrations. They were saying, you know, he had, he was looking to move on and apparently he had interviews with Palace and and all this sort of thing. But you're naive to think if that doesn't happen to every club anyway. Yeah. Like when, when Russell Martin was playing brilliant football and we were getting brilliant results, he was linked with every club. Under the Suns, you can't tell me his agent wasn't talking to people. Yeah, and we poached Russell Martin, Russell Martin like a couple of days before the season kicked off. So imagine what MK Don's fans were feeling. Yeah, so I just think, you know, it's the game, isn't it? Yeah, it's the game. And, the, you know, he's looking to go elsewhere in these bigger jobs because he's done a good job and he was unhappy, I think, with the board. So, like, we all know why he was unhappy with the board because of the striker situation, because I don't think he necessarily had a good relationship with Julian Winter. 
that he had with Trevor Birch. And yeah. to be fair, the way that he ended up leaving, it was a bit weird that he was here after he'd already agreed to go, but I don't think that's his fault necessarily. That's the club. Um, it's not like he... It was quite mutual, obviously, I think. He didn't get sacked. And he said, it's time for me to move on. And the club were like, yes, yeah, time for us to move on. And in the end, yeah. they, they'd done what the fans wanted and got someone in that's going to play football. Yeah. But you can't take away from what happened the last two years as well. Because if he had yeah. been successful in that playoff final, I'm sure everyone would have been happy then. Yeah, luckily, I just, we'll just round this off and don't spend too much time on, on Cooper because it's been undone. But I think it, it, was, it was definitely time for him to go. Yeah. We needed something different. Um, it was a mutual thing. He wanted to go. Everyone wanted him gone. So how can everybody complain that he did go? So yeah. I think, um, yeah, we did the right thing. Because he's come back to haunt them. Yeah, but... we, did, we, we did the right thing. And again, I'd much rather have Russell Martin in charge at the moment. It was time for us to, to move on. And I'm happy that we did. But yeah, yeah, we'll probably move on to us now instead. Yeah, I just want to... Draw a line under that. I want to pick up perhaps first of all on Ben Hamer standing out there as a 5.0 on his score. And there's a reason for that. Obviously, he made a bit of a howler for, I think it was the third goal. So, yeah, third, the third goal. goal they scored. So, we'd obviously just scored to get back into the game. And I think, again, we looked we looked like we were knocking on the door, perhaps, to get, you know, try and get a draw, perhaps, or push on. Um, but this kind of knocked any chance of that. Um, quite a tame shot, I think, actually. That was straight at him. Someone cut it in from the left flank. It was kind of like an in-between cross shot. Yeah, sort of ball, and yeah. he just spilled it out of his arms. He was on the floor as well, so he just spilled it out of his arms. And the Forest players first to react, um, Brennan Johnson, which is yeah, just tap in at that point. Yeah, no, no excuse really. Is a bad mistake, isn't it? It is yeah. a bad mistake. But uh, I, I just I don't understand though because a few weeks ago everybody was saying the Hamer coming in had changed the. Um, you know, the defence and the way that we played, given the defence confidence to play out. And I saw some people saying he was a contender for, you know, player of the season because what he'd done. And he's had a couple of bad games and now we we need a new goalkeeper, apparently. I didn't think that was necessarily a big issue, to be honest. But he's yeah, he's had, you know, a couple, a couple of poor games, as has most of the team, to be honest. Where was the, the last time had. that the fans didn't want a new goalkeeper? Yeah, Fabianski. I know, I'm not... Yeah, Fabianski was probably the last one. That so was... I don't know how much to read into anything they say when they criticise him one mistake. No, I think look, he's he's accountable because that error was was terrible. Yeah, definitely. And, but like, yeah. don't tell me Fabianski never made an error. No, and then you know he you no know, couple of well, I don't I don't really know a couple of soft goals maybe even there in the last couple of weeks, but that's just followed on from the team not playing well for the yeah, last couple of weeks. Yeah, the defence is struggling. The goalkeeper has more shot, like, I don't know, harder stuff to deal with, perhaps. It's just, it just yeah. goes hand in hand. I just think, hold on on that for a minute. You know, if he does it for another five games in a row, then there's a question to be had. But I think based off, you know, the last couple of games, and yeah, he's made a howler in that game. Let's not, you know, let's not sack him just yet. Um. Okay, so we, we've discussed the defence quite a few times, yeah. Um. I didn't actually realise that first. Like I said, when the team news and that came out, I was in work. But Flynn Downs playing centre back. Yeah, when I saw the team, I oh, thought I generally thought that he'd like I generally thought that he'd mixed it up and he'd gone for a back four. Um I thought, oh that's interesting. Like because maybe, you know, with the way the Cooper played, we thought he'd mix it up. And I generally thought he'd gone for a back four and I thought, oh, here we go. 
he's done something here and he's changed something. But yeah, just that Downs had slotted into that Carl Norton role. I don't know if Carl Norton must have been injured because he wasn't even on the bench. Um, but yeah, I thought Downs was good though. I think he's good in that role. I thought he's, he's I great mean, on the ball. His heat map is is all over the place there. So like he kind of did play center mid as well. But then hmm. the problem is if he's pushing up that high quite often, you're leaving the back two because obviously I just looked Manning's heat map like. Shows the shows the control we had of the game. Manning basically didn't defend. Yeah, I think that says all about where we got goals went, out. How many of those goals went down that side? If you watch the highlights, they're all down that right hand side. Most of them, well, they start well, there anyway. Manu, Manning, and Cabango. I mean, like Cabango's uh, been on the other side when he's played a lot of the season. Um, well, he's been everywhere actually, isn't he? He's kind of filled in whatever gap. Maybe he's not always the other side. Um, yeah, it's difficult because him and Bennett, again, they haven't got the pace to turn. There is one of the goals, I think it's the last one, actually. Lyle Taylor just basically walks past oh, him. And the... That, what I... Uh, that I was shocking. Just, I'm not even sure what to say about that one. Because he just he just sort of seems to just stop. Yeah. He's sort of and chasing you, him, you he just him, stops. You see him try to like get up to speed again to catch back up, and he's just thinking, like, yeah, you've got no chance, mate. You may as well yeah, I'm not really point. sure what... Uh, what happened there, to be honest? <clears throat> well, that's interesting. Looking at Corey Smith's heat map, seems like he spent more time further back than down. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on there. I mean, perhaps when Downs is pushing up, he's covering and he's just sitting to cover. But this is where I get confused at a little bit with Russell Martin sometimes and how he's using Corey Smith because obviously in Champ started this game, so he played in the forward role. But then when Corey Smith is in the sitting midfield role, he looks like he's sitting back a lot more. So how can he be the one that plays in the attacking role when Cham's not playing? I just don't I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, it is a bit strange. I think just the makeup of the defence as well. So obviously you've got two out and out centre backs there, like we said, playing wide. And then you've got a central midfielder playing in the middle of the back three. And it's the same when you know, Norton plays as well. Norton's a right back by trade, and I understand why he puts him in there, and it does work. But then, when you're being asked questions defensively, um, I'm just not sure we're set up to deal with it. Yeah. Like, I mean, like this is again, this is not against Norton, but going back to like when we played Fulham away, just couldn't handle Mitrovic. Not many defenders can handle Mitrovic, but I mean, you know, you're asking your right back to sort of do that job in there. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe we need. I get, I get that he's got his system that he wants to play. He wants to play the back three with, with a ball player in the middle and his full-backs to go high up. But yeah. maybe, well, maybe, maybe when he gets the right players, um, it'll work. But at the moment, I don't think it does work. Well, I, I think another question. Down the starting centre-back, what does that mean for Brandon Cooper, for yeah. um, Joel Latibodia, who did actually come on as a sub for Laird at right-back? So, obviously... That's answered pretty much. Martin sees him as a right back, and that's where he's going to use him. Reese yeah. Williams was on the bench. Maybe he's not been impressed with his performances. To or maybe he was worried about. But he doesn't trust Cabango Bennett or um, Reese Williams in that central yeah, role think, because he wants someone that's going to run the ball out and play the ball out. So he just couldn't put them in there. I think you're spot on there. I think you just which one of the which two of the three do you pick to play because. Like Bennett, in all fairness, has been pretty solid for a while, but sometimes he does get caught out. 
But then I think like Cabango and Reese Williams constantly get caught out in that position. So I think probably he's happier playing Bennett and then just one of the other two. But I don't understand why he sort of... Because when Manning was playing in there, that made sense. Because like I said, the wide centre-backs go into like a right-back yeah. and a left-back position essentially. And then Downs or Smith drop in with Kyle Norton. So you've kind of got a back four when the full-backs are forward. But last like... Can you say, well, four games maybe that he hasn't played Manning and Bidwell together? I, I think, though, I think Bidwell's recently had a baby, hasn't he? Oh, has he? Oh, I believe enough. I believe he's recently had has, has had a new baby. So maybe that's got I something to do with it. I think it might be linked it. to that, yeah. In terms but I think you see a massive he's not sleeping loads and not as fit as or match fit as well, he needs to be. And I so good, you know, you're going to give time off as well to spend with the family. So I think, I think yeah. that's part of the reason there. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, I can't argue with that. But I think that that coincides with our bad run of form. Um, yeah, adjusting, that's what I said, adjusting the back three of Manning, um, Norton and Bennett, which, which, which it was, so Kabang was stepping in for Bennett. Um, as soon as that got disrupted, it seems like it's an issue, but that's when I made the point of saying you can't play the same back three all year. You're going to have to rotate at points and we need to sort that out because, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just trying to look at when the last time Manning and Bidwell played together. So they didn't on Saturday. They didn't against Middlesbrough. Um, who was before that? It was Redding, wasn't it? I don't think they did there, did they? Redding was. Uh, let's have a look. Not was Manning and Reese Williams. Yeah, and I don't think they did against Blackpool either. But I could be wrong. I know we had Barnsley away before that. We won two 0 didn't we? And that was. Just check two nil, and it was. I don't. Th- I think he. I think he might not have played it. Yeah, it was Cabango and Bidwell in that one. Manning didn't play, but we won there. Yeah, but, but I think Barnsley were pretty poor in that game. In all fairness, and then the Blackpool game. I think he might be right that he didn't uh, play in that one either. It's been uh, a while. That's all I know. Um... Yeah, I could have looked. Oh, there we are. Manning and Bidwell. So the Blackpool game was the last time they played together. Oh, they did in that one. Okay. Look at that that's stats. kind of like the way it's gone, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we should have won that game, so I think the form after that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely shows. Um, looking at the stats, then 75% again at home. Possession, again, not shocked anymore at stuff like that. We had more shots, 12 against 9. One less on target, though, with 4. So again, like we're getting, we are having opportunities, whereas earlier in the season, we weren't. So that is, I guess, a positive still. Even if we do need to perhaps be more clinical, sometimes there was a couple of chances here oh, that we should yeah. have taken. There was two in the first half, I think. First that we half, should have, two massive ones that we should have definitely taken. Um, yeah. Perot could have had a hat trick in this game, actually. Yeah, and the um, the one in the first half, he rounds the keeper, and he goes high. That was yeah, a saved chance. off the line. No, he saved off the line, wasn't it? That one. No, he hit it over, didn't he? In the first half, he goes around the keeper and he hits it over. I think you're mixing that up with the um, the Middlesbrough one, where he was. That was where. No, I think the Middles. Go. I think the Middlesbrough one got cleared off the line. I'm sure in Forest. No, no, right. no. It's the other. Yeah, no. Around. I'm sure it is. I'm sure he goes <laughs> no, around the keeper. He's going maybe, that way. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm getting him the wrong way around. Either way, those two Either things way, happened. Yeah. He rounded the keeper in games. both games. Yeah. 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 Um, and then Chams uh, one as well from the free kick. Probably should have done better with that. He's like 
free in the box, isn't it? Oh yeah, it was good. Uh, good delivery from Grimes, who often gets yeah. criticism for his set piece delivery. But I think that one was on on a plate for on Cham. Maybe a bit difficult to deal with because it literally bounced out his feet, didn't it? But could he have like done a diving header or something? I don't, I don't know. Could have. I think Trundle would have finished there, it, wouldn't he? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but I mean, look, there we are. Four big chances, four big chances missed. So, to create four big chances in a game, that's good. Like, we wouldn't do anything like that at the start of the season. Four big chances is, you know, I, I don't know the exact way this website, SofaScore, labels a big chance, but I think it's the way you're, you kind of should score the goal, really. Um, Forrest had three big chances, but they've only missed one of them. Um, and they scored, they scored four goals, but they, only scored one, uh, two of their three big chances. So, yeah, says, yeah. says it all. And this is this is the problem. This frustrating, isn't it? We just leak goals. Like we conceded four in in a half at home. It's just it's awful. Yeah, you know that was bad. The way the defense fell apart there in that game. There's no excuses for it. Yeah, whoever we were playing, it was just to concede four goals in a half in the manner that they did as well. Is is yeah, it's pretty poor. Yeah, and uh, let's just give Joel Perot a little bit of praise. I can't remember the reason yeah. why he didn't get a hat-trick, what the third opportunity was that he should have scored. Uh, but uh, his goal was a good goal. As much as it was a deflection, again, outside the box, but he's hit it, and it pinged off the guy's head or something and literally went into the top left corner like a rocket. Yeah, great connection in all fairness as well. Yeah, and it did inspire a bit of hope other than Ben Haber. Slow, um, quickly ruining that, that we could have maybe got back into the game. But, um, you know, I think the effort is there. They're giving it a good go still. Um, I think the camp is still positive. The way Martin's speaking is all good as well. And the players in their interviews, you do feel like they're still all on board. There's not really much concern. It's just a bit of a blip in in a period where they're still learning the new way of playing. And they're going to have ups and downs. And we said at the start of the season, it's going to be like a roller coaster. Uh, where uh, we we predicted the mid table finish, we're right there at the moment. And when it looked like it was going to be like, oh, maybe we'll go higher, it's come back down. So yeah, yeah. Looking at the table then, so we are now back down to sixteenth. Um, we were comparing a couple of weeks ago, being like three points off the playoffs. We're now down to being eight points off the playoffs, so fallen off a little bit. Forest under Cooper, though, are progressing well, as you can see there. They've gone up to eighth place, four points off for them. And uh, they've had a couple of years being down the bottom end, and he's gone in there straight away and turned that around. So, uh, results so pretty football, I guess, it goes back to that question. But we've already discussed that. Um, Looking, we're looking all right from the other end. I think Peterborough there on nineteen, uh, you know, the eighth points off us as well. But yeah, I think the three, I think the three in there will go down, won't they? Yeah, the three Peterborough there, have yeah. a chance of staying up. I mean, I know Redden has a bit of a deduction, didn't they? Cardiff are only like one win clear as well. Their new manager bounce. Obviously, they've got a couple of wins, but they're still in a bit of danger, so dangerous area. Hull again. I wouldn't say they are clear, but they've put a good run together so far and managed to clear themselves for now. But I think maybe they could um, still be in trouble by the end if, unless they keep it up. I think they're in the picture at least. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They're in the battle, but yeah. I just Do you think remember be... who we put there? Who did we say? We definitely said Derby, but I think we had Huddersfield and Peterborough, I think. I think we got Huddersfield a bit wrong, didn't we? 
Yeah, I know. They're, they're doing all right, aren't they? Sort of in table there. We'll have to have a look maybe halfway. Well, we're halfway after the next game, aren't we? Yeah. Quite interested you in Blackburn's form. They've. Uh... Oh, Blackburn has been flying. They've flying. And they beat they Bournemouth on the weekend as well. Yeah, well, for Bournemouth, since they beat us, have been awful. Yeah, now look at their form and Fulham, like four draws in a row. They kind of, those two at the top were running away with it, and now they've sort of. They've let West Brom and Blackburn, like, have a look now. Yeah. I, I long, thought they were gone. Like, I, thought, I thought they were gone. Yeah, it's a long old season, though, with the amount of games you play in the Championship. It's just a long season. Yeah. So I think they've, yeah, they have opened the door there for Black, and Blackburn. I didn't expect them to, you know, be shooting in there, but they, yeah, they've, they've been class lately. And to go away to Bournemouth, I think they were away to... I nearly put them in here at mine. I know we discussed them, put them a lot lower in the end, but I nearly put them quite high at mine. Yeah. Um, So I'm not awfully surprised. I know I had QPR in there, definitely. I know we had Stoke pretty high as well. Uh, Coventry are falling away from their early season. Yeah. Uh, Good form. But, you know, they're still higher than I think they thought they would be, so it's probably still a decent season for them so far. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I think that's uh, that's enough about the league table. I got some bits of news to discuss. Unless you've got anything else you want to say before we move on, no. The only the only one thing I want to say is just like I want to keep saying we're easy to play against. I love the style of football he's trying to play, and I love that he's trying to implement it. But they move the ball so slow in some games. Like it's all right to have an eighty percent possession and nine million passes, but it's so the build up is so slow sometimes when teams sit in against us. I know you say about like Man City, I know it's a different kettle of fish, but if you watch them, they're always moving, constantly moving. Yeah. And when and I don't necessarily think that we are fluid. I think everybody's in their positions and they just move the ball around in between the positions. Nobody actually makes that sort of fluid movement. And I think sometimes that's really easy to defend against. Yeah, I think that's like the next level of when we get it right to be pushing on. Yeah, I know look, I not uh, and maybe there's still a long way to go. Looking to improve on that area but I think now it's very apparent there's one priority and that's sort of the defence right now Yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with the chances we're making and the amount of them that we are making that if we sort the defence out then we can look yeah. at the things you've just mentioned and they would be a good yeah um, this is this is long forward. this is long term I mean you know he's, again I think it's <laughs> going to be next season when we start seeing major improvements but this is yeah. Yeah, sort of a long term thing yeah, okay, so um, looking at the news end of Word of Wine Street, there's a couple of things down on the ticker at the bottom about what we're going to discuss. A couple of things from Steve Cooper, actually. So um, afterwards, you, you said earlier he's been quite punchy in the uh, in the presses about his time at Swansea, and he came out afterwards, and it's easy to say it after you get a win, I guess, but he's come out afterwards and said, like, we expected to win the game. Which... Um, I don't ever recall him going away from him that much off and saying that sort of thing about the opposition afterwards uh, with us. I mean, I think he was always saying we always expect not to lose and we set up to not lose or whatever, but um, quite punchy against your former club to say something like that. But, I mean, I think he wanted to get one over on us and he's done the job, so he's going to go and live it up. Just uh, he was talking about how tactically they were perfect and so on. The other yeah, thing I, I, wanted... I agree. We said if there was ever a team to play against us at the moment, it was a Cooper team, wasn't it? Sit yeah. in and take a chance. Yeah. The, he was also asked about the interest in Jay Felton. Um, oh, was he? I didn't see that. 
he basically didn't say anything. Ah, okay. He said he was happy with the midfield. He's got a few midfielders at his club currently, and he's quite fond of all of them. Um, and he didn't want to discuss anything about the lack of playing time Felton has had as well. So, but Felton didn't feature in that friendly the other day. No, I didn't. He's Out of gone, all the players it? that, like, you know, Jan Dando was in there, I think Liam Walsh, uh, who I've been playing, you know, Oberfemi, there's loads of players in there that, you know, the people in the first team that I haven't been playing, all of them, yeah. except Jay Felton. He's gone, he's out, isn't he? Not really yeah, sure think, what's happened there, but he's gone, isn't he? I think that speaks volumes. And that makes but me I, think, is the deal already done? And they obviously don't want to risk an injury. I, uh, he's gone in January anyway, but he's got to go to Forest, surely. You'd think that, because I think Cooper had him quite high, didn't he? I think he rated him. So I think he's definitely going. And another one for you um, is a shout. If Connor Roberts is up for loan, I can see him going to Forest as well. And Rodon? Well, maybe not. Maybe not so much Rodon, but if Conor Roberts is up for loan because he's not getting game time at Burnley, don't be surprised if we see Fulton and Conor Roberts at Forest next next year, as in yeah. after after January. Yeah. Um, speaking of Fulton, before we move on from there, um, I'm actually surprised because Martin was talking in the press conference about the fact that we don't have the squad depth that we necessarily need. Why, why are you not using... If you're going to openly say, like, you put Flynn Downs in centre back, why couldn't you have converted Felton into that? I think he would have done a good job there. Yeah. You could have played in that centre of the back three, perhaps. Yeah. But there we go. I'm a bit weak. Like, I do agree in the extent in some positions, we perhaps don't have the depth, but in others, maybe we have and it's not being used for whatever reason. Unless Felton wants to go and he doesn't like the situation, but whatever. Maybe we'll never know. Um, and you just mentioned Connor Roberts as well. I just yeah. wanted to talk about him. He's apparently been very unwell yeah. um, in hospital. I think I saw maybe pneumonia or he's, serious um, virus. He, he's out of hospital now, isn't he? I think Sean Dyche-Cotton said he was out of hospital, so that's good news. Yeah, so get well soon, Connor Roberts. Uh, maybe we will see him in loan back in the championship before we know it. We, I mean, we could do with a right back. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, going forward, then obviously the reason Flynn Downs played centre back was because Kyle Norton went. Well, he pulled out quite late actually, uh, before the game. I think there was a precautionary um, withdrawal more than an actual proper injury. And Ethan Led got injured during the end of the first half or um, in stoppage time. So both are expected to be fit for the QPR game uh, this weekend. So that's good news going going into that one. Some bad news, though, going into January, potentially, is that uh, Joel Perrault has been scouted four times by Leicester City, who are apparently lining up a 10 million bid for the forward. Already? I mean, it could be speculation, but I'm just reading the headline. Just thought I'd put it out there. Oh, God. Yeah, well, that's not surprising, to be honest. I mean... The amount of goals he's been scoring, in all fairness, already yeah. off the bat. So, I, yeah, listen, it's not surprising that we're going to see this. Yeah, but we can't afford I mean, to lose in this season. No, we can't. And we, it took us so long to replace not having a striker. That if we sell the only one that's doing anything and playing, because Oberfemi is not in the good books, and oh, we look what for the hell? Yeah, what is going on there? Uh, 
He came on, didn't he, on Saturday? Obafemi did, but... Joel Perot is on course to be the most prophetic, um, if I said that right, prolific, prolific. sorry. <laughs> a Swansea striker since Wilfred Boney in 2013-14 with 12 goals in 22 games. Well, he's, you know, I don't know if I even think... that includes the one on the weekend. I might do. He's masking a lot of things, isn't he? Because he buries a lot of chances. He does miss some as well. We talked about, I think, like his strike rate is unbelievable. Yeah. For this division. I think it's going quite underrated as well. I know like a lot of people are sort of talking about it, like, but I just think it's so underrated at the moment. It's almost like we're just expecting him to score every game and how difficult that is in, at this level in the championship with the amount of games. The fact that he almost does score every game. Unless in Mitrovic, it's quite easy then. Yes, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's ridiculous. But can he do it in the Premier League? No, Peru maybe. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, that one doesn't come to anything. At least in January, that would be quite a disaster, I think. Um, oh yeah. Speaking of outgoings, I know we've mentioned this one before, but it's been confirmed now by director Mark Allen that there will be talks with Liverpool about Rhys Williams and his tough loan spell so far. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think it's a bit. I don't want to be too harsh, but I just think it's just, you know, it's not what we need. We've already got defenders like him that can't do what Russell Martin wants to do. So why, why, why have him? Yeah, and I'm not not to be a good player, maybe in a different setup, but we just it's just not what we need. Yeah. Um, another bit of good news from the club. If you're not living in the UK, <laughs> <laughs> says it all about um how you can watch the football in this country, but that's a bigger debate again, which I'm sure one day we'll discuss at detail. But um, half-season passes are available for Swans TV Live if you're an international uh, fan and you get access to it. I think they are £85 for the remaining fixtures of the season, which saves you about £25 if you purchase them all separately. You know, You know my thoughts on the TV deals i have to, it does my head in it really does my head in no i know there it's just funny in it that like i'll go lead that like oh if you want to watch the swans games as long as you don't live in the uk you can watch them all yeah exactly it's ridiculous but i don't know if you're going to come on to this the season ticket renewal prices come out and they were good again no you can tell I us think. that one i did try and find it couldn't find it in time there yeah i think they were like just over just over 300 quid again i think for renewal they've gone up or they good. stayed the same or? they've gone up a little bit from last year because i think they were about the 300 quid mark i think that's what i paid for mine last year after covid which was pretty good competitive so, compared to other teams yeah to be fair I, I will say before covid and all that i think our season tickets were quite high um you know they were sort of touching on the 400 pound mark every season um but now they sort of leveled out i think to sort of a championship average i think we're, we're sort of just over 300 you know 320 340 which i think is about right yeah okay um the last bit of news kind of ties into the build-up to uh the last part of the um the podcast and the build-up the match against qpr which is coming up this weekend uh we're going away to london to play um, QPR or are we? Or are we? Um, there is talk about the match being cancelled or called off because QPR have had a bit of a COVID outbreak. Um, it'll it'll have to be called off surely because they were supposed to play Monday night when they and if that got called off, you're talking, you know, five days later. Yeah. Days so later. there's obviously no official news on that one, but 
Yeah, I, I, I don't expect I don't expect that to go ahead on Saturday. Yeah. Which is a bit annoying because I like the the pre-Christmas games. Um, it's just got a good build up to Christmas. Having that Saturday before Christmas is usually a good week for football. But I think we're going to have a lot of games called off, like yeah. United against Brentford tonight is called off. So I'm just going to say then, um, if the QPR game does not go ahead, which is what we we're expecting. This will probably be the last video, I think, before Christmas because next week's going to be quite busy, I'd imagine. Uh, maybe yeah. we'll squeeze one in if we've got something to talk about. But maybe we can do a Christmas special. Maybe we can do, yeah, maybe. Or maybe we can do like a... Although this week after to do that. Although if we've got no games to talk about, it might be a good opportunity for us to do like a pre-transfer window... Um... We can have a bit like of a we can have a bit of a half highlights, report highlights of well. the, highlights of twenty twenty one for the swaps. Yeah, could do that. Bit of a half and then, term and report then review review Martin. what we yeah review the season so far and how our yeah. uh, table predictions of uh, yeah yeah yeah. We yeah do that so we'll have that Christmas maybe special. more of a normal podcast rather than a weekly um, next week. Then, if this game is called off, obviously we've got Millwall afterwards, which will be Boxing Day. Um, and then Luton, I think it is. I'm going to the Luton game. Is it Thanks me? the Fan Hub. Yeah, yeah, true. My if, tickets it... from Fan Hub have finally uh, been used there. Yeah. Is it me or do like? I always thought that you're like home. I think I'm. I could be wrong, but because we're away now for ages, like after the Forest game, it's like oh, our next home game is after Christmas. But I thought you usually have like a home game the week before Christmas and then away Boxing Day. Um, yeah, but everyone versa. can't be away Boxing Day. No, no, I mean, or vice versa. You know, you have a home game just before Christmas and a away game of Boxing Day or the other way around. But it's usually the Boxing Day and then the game in between Christmas and New Year is the same. So you're usually home on like Boxing Day and the 29th and then you have New Year game the other way around. Because it's well, a bit frustrating now that our next away. game is... Yeah, because we're away, supposed to be away against QPR and away Boxing Day. And our next game, our next home game is the 29th. Yeah, but they've got two. They've got um, two home in a row. Then they've got the third against Fulham. Yeah, well. so I think they've done it differently, haven't they? They've done like pre-Christmas and post-Christmas differently this year. Yeah, we've got a bit of travelling, I think, as well, which is a bit. Yeah, so what we got two London, well, two London games, isn't it? Going up to Millwall on Boxing Day, it's a bit grim, isn't it, for the players? Oh, I done uh, the worst. The worst. One of the worst away days I did was QPR away on Boxing Day. Yeah, scarred for life. When Tarapt had a field day. Yeah, it was that one. Yeah, it was there. It was terrible, and it was about minus ten as well. It was ridiculous. Well, let's hope we have a good festive period. Uh, bounce back from this little mini rut of what we're going on. Um, but yeah, I think we'll end it there. It's been just over an hour. One hour and one minute actually. So it's been a good, uh, been a good one. Hopefully we can uh, keep adapting our production quality on this uh, StreamYard setup to to work better. It's good that we can share the screen now, so in a, yeah, in a better way. Easy. So if we can obviously use that a bit more, unless you're listening on Spotify, where obviously you can't see what we're showing. But if you want to see what we're showing, then head over to YouTube where you can catch all of our podcasts as well. And on that note, don't forget to subscribe. Um, we're trying to reach 500, and we will be doing a giveaway when we hit that target. So I believe we're like. 80 off or so perhaps i can't remember exactly 80 odd um and like the video as well to uh, help push the video out to more swans fans 
And then you can all engage in the comments together and let us know if we're talking rubbish or if you agree with us and what you thought of the last two games that we discussed in this video. And maybe answer the question in the comments then, like Steve Cooper, yes or no? Um, were you happy with his time here or do we just need to move on and forget about it? Um, anything to add there, Lee? No, nothing for me. There we are, and we shall catch you in the next one. Thank you very much. See you See next you time. Soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.